Sorry, who am I talking to? This is Ron Stallworth calling from Colorado Springs, Colorado. How are you today, sir? Well, I'm quite well. Thank you. Uh, what can I do you for? I, I desperately want to participate in my chapter's honorary event, but I can't until I receive my membership card. Of course, that's something I can help you with. Great. Um, well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Did you just say your name was David Duke? Last time I checked. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That, that David Duke? Yes, that Grand Wizard and National Director, yeah. National Director too, huh? Yes, you're darn tootin'. It's amazing. I'm honored to be speaking with you, sir. I'm not afraid to say it. I consider you a true white American hero. Is there any other kind? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> What is up and welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, a podcast where four friends sit down and review movies that you absolutely should have seen already, but at least one of us hasn't. My name's Tyler and I'm here with three of my best friends. What's up? I'm Scott. I'm Jake. I'm Zach. I am, I gotta say guys, I'm so excited that we're finally getting back to like, this feels like our little hiatus is over. Like we're back to like recording together the energy's here i'm pretty excited it's been fun i've been looking forward to this for weeks actually yeah i it's it's nice to be back um but i'm bummed to tell you guys that kate's pregnant with twins again so. <laughs> 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 crazy crazy that you already found out it's twins <laughs> I, yeah, I know it is the science is uh crazy these days how like, evolved it is like at the moment of conception they're like hey you got twins <laughs> in the oven this whole experience is pretty mid for me so okay Cool. Zach having twins or has Zach having twins No, again? being back in person. Oh, okay. oh gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I was like, eh. I, I expected that. It seemed like you were thriving with. Yeah, uh, I with, loved not seeing you guys. And and, <laughs> and the like multiple hours of editing that you had to spend on each episode, you know, yeah. to get it to. It's really good seeing you again, Tanner. that was a great ron swanson that was a super great ron swanson (laughs) i you know what that that gets a fist bump that was really good (laughs) lord help us well uh this week we are not uh reviewing predator again oh bummer i know we're we're talking about black klansman uh and this is i'm pretty i'm 99 certain this has been a long time coming this is our first spike lee yeah movie yes. i think it is yeah wait i thought spike lee did crash nope no no, no. who did crash i don't know but it was not spike lee <laughs> oh maybe it was no it wasn't spike jones no. no it wasn't him either yeah um i try to forget crash oh what wait what scott uh Paul Higgins. Yeah. Oh, or Haggis. Good. Paul Haggis. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, I don't, I just try to forget that movie. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we don't have to talk about it ever again now. Yeah. The, the uh, Spike Lee stands sp- uh, did a spit take when you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're directed Crash. <laughs> this might be the only Spike Lee movie I've ever seen. Oh, wait, hold on. Did he do, um, he does a lot of race related movies, right? Yeah. 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 Did he do uh, American History X? No. 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 He All did right. Malcolm X. I haven't seen Malcolm X. Oh. Well, uh, he's a, uh, a prolific and beloved director, and uh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, his most recent film. I don't think he's made another since this. He did that one that went to Netflix, Defy Bloods. Oh, Defy Bloods. I did watch that. Yeah, you didn't like it, did you? I was nope. like, you didn't, yeah. didn't sound like you liked it. <laughs> I didn't. I remember you telling me that it's pretty bad. 
I don't like it, but uh, I didn't think that was Spike's fault necessarily. Like okay. maybe it was, you know, maybe he was just trying new things. But like in general, I, I really like Spike Lee quite a bit. I think he's a, a fantastic director. And uh, I'm excited that we get one of his films in in the pod. I have wanted to nominate Inside Man for a long time because that's oh, a movie yeah. I really like. But I've felt like that sh- that shouldn't be the Spike Lee movie we start. With. No, definitely not. You know? Yeah, yeah. I I think if like I I we had talked about uh, we had talked about doing a few of his movies and and none of them just ever felt like it was like the right moment, the right yeah. time, the right movie uh, for his first entry. And I think this is I think this is a good first entry. I agree. This is probably one of his most approachable films as well. Definitely, yeah. Uh, like he's a very um, artistic director. Okay. Um, like very surrealist at times, and so like sometimes his movies are a little unapproachable. Like he's a he's like a film critics director kind of a thing. And I feel like this of uh, the movies that he's made in like the latter half of his career has made the biggest splash and it's probably the most like impactful and maybe widely seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to excited to talk about you get talk with this, talk about this with you guys. Uh, this is my third time seeing it. Definitely not a late bloomer. Um, but I think every time I watch this, I think I like it more. Um, but yeah, who who was late to this one? Who had seen this? I hadn't seen it. I was also late. I thought you and I watched it together. Mm-mm. I watched it with some roommate. Maybe it was yeah, maybe it was me. your brother in law Zach. I, oh, I, maybe. Yeah, I think maybe I watched it with Nick. But I uh, I thought about watching this like two years ago, and I thought this will probably come up for the podcast. So I'll just wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> was one that I had originally picked for me for this year before I decided to switch and do. Oh, that. that's right. And then you were like, oh, I'll take that one. Yeah. I was uh-huh. like, I, I still want us to do this uh-huh, because, because it's something that like interested me. It looked like it was. Oh, be yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get into our, our takes, Scott, do you want to hit us with a little bit of just the facts? Yeah. So as we talked about, this is uh, directed by Spike Lee. It had four different writers. I'm not sure if there's like a screenplay or different things with that, but. Uh, Charlie Watchtell, David Rabinowitz, Kevin Wilmot, and Spike Lee. Uh, released August 10th, 2018. Runtime of 135 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 96%, uh, which is pretty high. I'm to be given a 7.5, which is pretty mid and low for them. Um, box office of $93 million on a $15 million budget, so 6.2 uh, ROI on that. It uh, won uh, for Best Adapted Screenplay, which answers what I said earlier. And then it was nominated for five others for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor of Adam Driver, uh, Best Film Editing, and Best Score. Nice. So this was, because this was true story, right? This is the beginning? Yeah. So then this, I guess, was adapted from some his, his, historical account of it? Yeah, it's it's adapted from Ron Stallworth, the real Ron Stallworth's. Uh, he wrote a book okay. about the experience. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's actually kind of interesting. Jordan Peele. Uh, is who brought this uh, project to life. Uh, so he uh, he worked with the screenwriters to to kind of get the script, <clears throat> and he reached out to Spike and like sent him the script and Ron Stallworth's book. And Spike, I guess, like two days later, called him back and was like, "I love it. Let's go." Um, but it's kind of funny. At first, he thought it was more comedic. He was like, "Yeah, this could make like a good like." Dave Chappelle skit. Uh-huh. And Jordan Peele was like, no, 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 no. Like, well, this, this is a, a real Chappelle story. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, this is a real story. Like, I think we need to attach like a little more like 
dramatic oomph to it and a little uh-huh. bit more like empathy and connection. Uh, and Spike was like, oh, okay, sick. Yeah, let's do that then. Uh, but Jordan was really who like kind of like crafted and put this whole thing together. Huh. Did you say, I never watched Chappelle's show. Did you say this was a Chappelle skit? Uh, not exactly, but he had a sketch, a sketch about a black man in the clan. But the was joke blind. was that he was blind. He was he blind. So he, he didn't was know. <laughs> yeah. And so he was like, he was like really prominent in the clan and he didn't know he was black. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And then at some point in one of the skits, because this was like a reoccurring skit, uh-huh. he like takes the hood off and everyone like gasps and everything. Yeah. 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 It's a funny sketch, honestly. Uh-huh. It's a really funny sketch. It was the first sketch of the first episode. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. that it was. So he started off strong. The penal, oh. or, or the, not penultimate, the ultimate sketch. I guess. Would the ultimate be the last one? Or the greatest? Yeah. I guess I have seen that thing because I have watched the first episode of Chappelle's show. I, I don't remember it. Should In- watch it again? It's interesting to me that Jordan Peele, because Jordan Peele makes very specific types of movies that he would like look at this and recognize that it could make a great movie, but he's also like, this isn't the kind of movie I, I want to make. I think Spike would be the best but for this. someone yeah. else <laughs> should do this. I, uh-huh. I think that's kind of interesting. I think, I think that that, I don't know. I, I think I, I respect him for that. To like see like, oh, this would be a good movie. I have to, he, yeah. he could just be like, I have to make this. Right. Like, I think somebody else could do a better job than me. I, I respect that a lot. Or just like, this isn't necessarily the, like the kind of movie that I'm interested in making, but like it's, it, it may be a, a movie that I'd be interested to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A movie worth making, but not yeah. my, not my personal yeah. style. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, I think Jordan Peele could have made this movie. And I think he would have done well. It kind of, I, it almost feels to me like one of those things, um, like Aaron Sorkin has had this happen before where it was like, Hey, I'm looking for a director and like other directors are like, dude, you just need to direct this. Like it's it, you, you can do it. And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. I need, I need someone better than me. I think that's what, I, I think that's what Jordan was doing. Or but like, I, I think he could have pulled it off. Was this before like get out had come out? Or was this after? After. This was 2018, after. so it was after. after. Okay. Yeah. This was probably around when Us came out. Yeah. Maybe a, a year before or after. Yeah, right around right around then. Okay. Uh, first of all, got to say, oh, we'll, we'll get to takes. Who was a, a, I loved it again. That's fine. Who was a, Scott, you. And me. And you were both late bloomers. Zach, uh-huh. what do you think watching this again? I liked it a lot. Um, This was my second time watching it. I liked it a lot the first time. I liked it just as much, if not maybe a little bit more. Um, I, I think this is a good movie. Um, it's interesting that this came out the same year that Green Book came out. Oh, that's right. And Green Book won Best Picture. Mm. I, I didn't watch Green Book, and I don't feel like I have any reason to because I feel like most people think it's it's pretty on the nose um, and maybe like celebrates uh, like racial progress and whatnot the same way that like the blind side does a right little bit, you yeah. know or it's just like it feels a little emotionally nightish yeah yeah exactly exactly um and so i feel like this movie deals with really interesting and important themes um really well and that there there are moments uh of drama and like where it, it gives those themes the reverence that it deserves but then it's also just like a entertaining movie and at times it is very funny and there's moments of levity. Um, and so I feel like it's it's balanced really well. And it's just like a, a very compelling story um, and, and very entertaining movie. So uh, I liked it quite a bit. I kind of forgot that the Green Book thing happened. Um, 
it's interesting. This is like a, it's like a curse for Spike. Uh, do the right thing, uh, which is probably his most, uh, like fans of his would say is his most Im- like important and like meaningful movie. It was, I mean, it's, it's a great film. Uh, but it came out the same year as Driving Miss Daisy mm. and Driving Miss Daisy won Best Picture. Yeah. And it similar kind of a situation where like in dealing with race, like it did not handle it in hindsight very well. Yeah. Where people kind of feel like the Academy really, really missed it. Oh yeah. And they did it again all these yeah. years later with Spike. And that's, that's unfortunate. I, I forgot that that happened again. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I didn't realize it happened the first time. Yeah. That's too bad. I didn't like Green Book, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I'm not planning on watching it, um, but yeah. I thought you were going to give another didn't watch it review. <laughs> didn't, didn't watch it. Hate it. Can I? Yeah. Zach, can we make that a weekly segment? Didn't, didn't watch this movie, but here's my impression. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Jake, uh, what, what do you think watching this for the first time? I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was as a movie. I think it was very good. I, I don't have a bone to pick. I have like. I don't know. Something I want to just is something I've been thinking about about the movie that I will want to discuss as we get into it. I don't know if it's good or if it's bad, uh, but I guess we can get into that later. But I thought it was good. I was very entertained. Like as as a movie goes, Uh, I thought it was really a compelling story. And like knowing that it's true, I think made it even more compelling. Uh, I liked it a lot. Nice. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I, I was in particular really excited for you to watch this. I I thought this was going to be one that you would, I really didn't, know what to expect because like I found out we were going to watch it and I was like, cool, I'm not going to really look into it at all. I just want to watch it. That's awesome. I'm glad you went in kind of blind. Uh, that was my first watch experience as well. I went in blind. It's my, my favorite way to watch a movie. Like I knew so little about it that I thought like, like just thinking about it, I was like, oh, maybe he just like never takes his hood off and he's right. There. But then I realized you know what it was, but like, that's how little I knew. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Scott, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I really liked it. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Oh, interesting. Uh, cause I also went in blind and I remembered the ads for it. And I remember, th- I don't remember like the context of them, but I remember like after seeing the ads, I thought this was going to be more comical. Oh, sure. Like I thought this was going to lean heavily into the comedy. I mean, it's, it, it, it is there technically is hu- a comedy. Yeah. yeah. There's humor like in it, but it's not like a, like in your face comedy. It's somewhat, like more like a dark comedy. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did like it. I just, for the first like little bit, I was like, when is it going to get like funny? <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was going to be like, like a, like a goofy Will Ferrell movie. Not, not like that. Okay. Uh, but closer to Spike's original take on the yeah, story. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. You know, like, you know, every once in a while, like a pretty funny quip or like, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but all that being said, like, I thought the acting was really well. I thought the writing was great. Uh, cinematography was great. Um, set deck was like, I think everyone did really good. Uh, the only person that was kind of like, whatever for me was Topher. Uh, oh, really? As, really? And it's, it's mostly just cause he has one of those faces that I associate with that 70 show. Oh, uh, okay. And so it's hard for me to see him in other things. Yeah. It can only be like 10 of those faces. <laughs> Huh? There can only be like 10 of those faces. Yeah, but I think he's saying all yeah. 10 of those faces. He can't. Yeah. Right? Is that I, what you're I just saying? was expecting to say like one of those faces and have it to be much more broadly applicable. Like oh. just one of those faces that I just can't take serious. That I just want to punch. Yeah. Sure. yeah. 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 It's like one of those faces that I associate with this sitcom. 
that he was infected. No, well, it's, it's one of those faces where like I, I can't dissociate it with his other yeah. work. It's yeah. like it's like when you watch Daniel Radcliffe, you're like, well, what's Harry Potter doing in this? Yeah, right. yeah. Like for me, like that's him. Like, and I and I associate him primarily with that. And I even think that like when he was like Venom in the Spider-Man movies, yeah. I was like, this, yeah. It, yeah, there's something not clicking for me. And I, it's because one, I just don't think he's that great of an actor. Um, like I, I feel like he's kind of the same person and everything kind of like a Samuel L. Jackson, so you, but you it, think just kind of like a lame nobody. You think that Eric <laughs> in that 70s show was uh, like racist and in the clan? No, but I think <laughs> like his demeanor, everything about him, like if he just didn't say racial slurs and you said, this is that guy older, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's Eric Foreman. Yeah. He is. I, I mean, Topher is. Like, a, he just seems like he doesn't have range. He's a little milk toast. Yeah. A little bit. For so sure. All this, that being said, he's really the only nit to pick. I think everyone else delivered phenomenally. And I don't think he did bad. It's just, it, it's hard. He it's, was it's like there's something thing. lacking it's for a, me okay. with him. Okay. Yeah. This leads into the thing I've been thinking. About. Yeah, I want to hear. Uh, and it, it, about Topher Grace was when I decided to, I was thinking about it even more. Is like this movie cast a bunch of racists that were impossible to take seriously. And I think that having Topher Grace be David Duke was the pinnacle of that for me because I couldn't take him seriously and I wanted to laugh. And I wanted to laugh at most of these guys, like the guy that's in the, I think you should leave sketch where uh, he, somebody makes a joke about his wife and then he, or so, about their wife. And then he tries to, and he gets really upset. He's like the racist guy that's trying to like, I just found them comical and there's, well, sorry, what? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. And like, there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, like this is ridiculous. Let's laugh at these people. And then there's a part of me that's like, the, like the clan is not like something to laugh at, you know? I, yeah. And so like, like, that. like they are scary. And they are doing things and it's like, you don't, I don't know that you, we want to be like, yes, let's laugh at these idiots. Mm. Uh, or if you do, and you just want to completely delegitimize them and I don't know what it is like, but that was what I've been thinking about the entire time is like, it was that a good thing. I think that, I think that what's his name? Topher was perfectly cast for what they wanted. I mm. think he nailed the David Duke that they wanted in this movie. I think he was la I laughed at him. I thought it was funny. Uh, I don't know. That was a good thing though. That's a really interesting concept that you brought up that I think would be an interesting thing to explore right now and talk about is like treating these very serious and very like harmful either like groups or events or ideologies maybe with that levity. Um, is that appropriate to do or not? I don't know. I don't know if I have like a great answer. My, my thought, like I think of um, kind of what Quentin Tarantino does with like the Nazis and mm -hmm. glorious bastards and makes them comical or um, even like the, the Manson murderers at the end. Mm -hmm. of, and I typically kind of enjoy that. And I, I almost find that a little powerful to kind of take the piss out of these historically I, uh, dangerous individuals. And I think like up until maybe recent years though, uh, Nazis weren't really like a thing like uh -huh. the, the clan is still around. Yeah. There, you know? there was never an, an interruption where like Nazis, maybe neo-Nazi sort of type thing came back and people call people Nazis. But technically speaking, the Nazis all ended in 1940, whatever. Yeah. So it, it's not like this is a present danger. Right. Okay. Of like, so that that's why I don't think I thought that then. Because yeah. like, absolutely. Like let's, if you want to make Hitler look silly, if you want to make the Nazis look silly, I'm here for it. You know, like they did a lot of terrible yeah. things, 
but their ideas were laughable. Because isn't David Duke still alive? He oh, yeah. yeah. They showed a clip of him like in, at the end of the movie. At the end of the movie taken oh, okay. like two years ago. Yeah. yeah. He was, uh, he, I mean, he was a, and they they were a little on the nose. Uh, they, that might be my only nit to pick with this movie is I felt like Spike got a little on the nose with the, po- with the drawing the connection to present day events. Like when David Duke is like stumbling for make America great again, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't know. That's a little bit like a, a step too far for me. Like it's kind of taking me out of this incredible story uh-huh. um, of something that really happened, you know, years ago. Uh, but Jake, I, I, I love that thought. I, I mean, I, I think for me personally, I, I like being able to uh, rip the mask off the Scooby-Doo ghost. Yeah, no. And I think, I think I see both sides of it and that's yeah. why I've been thinking about it. So but, much. but I do think, I think it's, a, you, you raise a valid point. Like that's my, where I maybe like tend to stand, but I don't think you're like raising the question is, is like, I, I don't think it's out of place. Like I, I agree. That's an, that's an interesting thought that like sometimes like we do really need to, um, sometimes we need to essentially like, I don't, I don't want to say revere, but we need to, we need to be honest about how evil villains can be. Yeah. And just recognize the danger that they pose. Right. Like if, uh, if inglorious bastards was made in, in 1941, I would have been like very different. I don't know about this choice Yeah, because Hitler is, you know, marching across Europe right now. Right. And what, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point. And I like that they did. I think spike kind of, I think he solves that problem in this movie with like the credits sequence of like showing like what happened just a few years ago. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think that he like, you know, oh yeah, like let's laugh at this. Let's kind of rip the mask off. They're idiots. They're silly. They're goofy. They're bumbling, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end be like, yeah, but they're also pretty awful and they're still here. Yeah. And so that was the only, I don't even know that I'll call it a complaint about the movie. There's anything I was thinking about where I was like, was yeah. this a good idea or not? Yeah. You know, it's a good and I question. still have made up my mind. Yeah. I'm, that's fair. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, John David Washington in this? He was the lead? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I freaking love him. Yeah. Uh, like the more he does, I'm I'm just, oh gosh, he's such a, he's such a fun, good actor. Um, it was funny, Ron, the real Ron Stallworth, uh, when it was like starting to happen, like Jordan Peele picks up the project, like, okay, this is going to be a movie. He really wanted Denzel to play him. I would have been a very bit different movie. And then got super excited when it was his son, you know, like, uh-huh. that was kind of cool. I didn't, I didn't put it together that they were related. Yeah. Uh, John David Washington is Denzel's son. Yeah. Because they, I don't know, maybe it's cause I haven't seen Denzel in a ton of things, but I feel like he is, I don't know. I, I just don't think it would have been as light of a movie. No. And I, I actually think his son's a better actor. Really? I think he's better than Denzel. I think this is the only thing I've seen his son in, but I liked him a lot. Did you not see Tenet? Oh, I did see Tenet. He was, yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of forgot Tenet. I was like 
I, I had like a crazy day when I was watching Tenet and like stuff just kept interrupting me where I was like, I just want to finish this movie. And so like by the end of the day, like even though like I need to watch Tenet again because by the end of it, I was like, I just want this to be over because I've had to stop watching this like three or four times to go take care of something else. And I just want to finish it so I could say I finished it. Yeah. Not a great movie to have a lot of interruptions. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember what was going on, but I just remember like, really again? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That's something that you want to happen when you're watching Predator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You come back and you miss nothing yeah, like no. you're like oh yeah okay. okay they're still trying to get to the chop <laughs> oh that guy died all right uh yeah i i freaking loved him in this i thought he was so good and adam driver oh my gosh so good in this movie i really I, every time i see adam driver i like him more like and, and i think he's really good yeah this was uh this i mean it's kind of fun i mean other than topher you have a lot of like actors in this that are really like on kind of an upswing right now. Uh-huh. Like the guy that plays, uh, the guy that was also in Richard Jewell, the yeah. super big idiot in this one. Yeah. Oh, the guy, the, the, uh, uh, the kind of fatter bumbling guy. Paul? I think it's like Paul. Something. The guy that was in, I think you should leave. He was in that as well. Yeah. 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 He pops up in a lot of different stuff. I'm really at him. This it's the same thing. Every yeah. time I see him, I like him more and more. Like mm-hmm. he is a very good actor. I, I agree with you. I um I kind of wish John David Washington was on more of an upswing though. Uh, like I remember seeing this thinking like, okay, this guy's gonna be big mm-hmm. and and then especially when he gets cast in Tenet. And I think Tenet was unfortunate, mainly just that it was released in COVID. And so I, I don't think it made as big of a splash as a lot of people or a, as I had hoped that it would. I don't think a lot of people saw it. It was a little bit of a confusing movie for a lot of people. And so like, I, I thought that he would kind of go on to have a similar trajectory as Adam driver where Adam is always in these like prestige movies yeah. working with like really important directors. And I feel like that hadn't happened for John David Washington, but I still hope it does. Cause I really like him. Yeah. 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 And at, at- Adam Driver, I was thinking, he is surprisingly charismatic for a man that looks as goofy as, as he does. I, <laughs> yeah. he, he's one of the better director, I'm sorry, one of the better actors working today. Yeah, I like him who, Who's within that age range, yeah. you know, that generation. Yeah, part of why I like him too is like, because of how he looks, like he can play so many different roles because he's not just like a pretty boy. Right. Like he's, he's believable in a lot of roles. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think he's a great actor too. Uh, can't Scott, wait for him to get cast in the MCU. <laughs> I mean, it's bound to happen. Yeah, every everyone's it's in going the MCU to envelop now. all. Yeah, it, it, there's rumors that he's going to be Mr. Fantastic, right? Uh, well, there's rumors that John Krasinski was going to be him. Yeah, but I think that that's I think that ship it blew is sealed. Up. Yeah, so yeah, I think I, Adam Driver is now kind of like the the um, projected next Mr. Fantastic. I could see that. I I would be here for it. I mean, whatever he is in the MCU, it's got to be someone pretty important for like them. Like they would have to write an important role. Yeah, maybe they could make him. Uh, what's his name? Johnny, Johnny Flame or whatever. Uh, just so that he could go on to have another role in the MCU. That would be better. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's maybe one of the few nice. actors still working that has not been in the MCU that will make me re-interested in the MCU. That was and a Chris Evans I, joke, right? And the other guy that played him in the reboot. Uh, who was he? Oh, Miles oh, yeah. Teller. Yeah. Killmonger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. That's I, right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I never put that together. Yeah, yeah. both the, the people that, that have twice. played him have then gone on to have a different role. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. I think if he's in the MCU, he'll be like a one-off person. I don't think he would be someone that would be in a lot of... You really? Don't think yeah. he'd wanna... I don't think he would. 
I mean, I can see that because it clearly like it, it matters to him to make really like important mm-hmm. movies and work with like, good art. Yeah, uh, exactly. And so I could see him coming in and being like a really good villain for like one movie. Mm. Yeah. That's a shame because what I would really love to see Adam driver in is a role similar to what, um, majors is doing with King. Mm. Cause majors again, like phenomenal actor. Isn't he going to jail? Yeah. <laughs> Not a good guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe. No, didn't the trial just, like, he's not going to jail? I don't know. I don't know. It just came out this week. Yeah, I haven't been keeping But he's that. he's been problematic, for I sure. I think regardless, yeah. there's a good chance he, he will be dropped. Yeah. yeah. I but, don't think so. But he's, a, like, he's done yeah. a phenomenal job with that role so far. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah, he's, he's a good actor. He was the best part of Creed 3. Oh, dude, he was. I just watched good. that for the first time. Yeah. Like, the other day. Yeah, he was good. Freaking wasn't he? loved it. He was so good. Yeah, he was a bone chilling, yeah, like, Rocky type villain. You know. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's I. I had heard um, a, a different critic that I really like say that the Rocky movies live and die by their villains. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have like a great, compelling villain, it's it's going to be a good Rocky movie. And um, I, I think that was definitely the case for Creed three. <laughs> yeah, and Michael B. Jordan, decent director. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. He's not bad. Yeah. I really liked, I'm sorry, I'm like totally derailing this for Creed 3, but <laughs> it's your movie. I, I really liked uh, it. Did you guys see Creed 3? No, I, I haven't seen, seen a single Creed movie. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, we're definitely doing a Creed I, well, well, yeah, that it was, was on what, the list and someone took it off. It, I was going to watch it and then uh, I decided not to because Zach was like, oh, maybe I'll pick it for the podcast. I was like, oh, then I won't watch it. And then he's like, can you wait a whole year? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I have it on the docket, but also I'm doing Raging Bull later this year. So I'm like, do I need three fighting movies? Maybe I'll do Creed next year. <laughs> but I'd like to do Creed eventually. I'd give you one of my spots, but they're they're book solid. Yeah. Forgot about um what's that one? Warrior. Warrior, yeah. 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 Sorry. Trying to, yeah, trying to forget about that Sorry one. Sorry to remind you yeah. of the <laughs> movie be, I really like. It could be the year of, of fighting for you, you know? Maybe yeah. I think I have an open slot. So maybe I'll slide it in. You it do was have an open in, slot. And you took it out. You would yeah. be replacing yeah. it with itself. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make uh next year the year of Buscemi for me. But then I looked through his IMDb. I was like, he doesn't have that many movies that I think would qualify for this podcast. I have a movie because I'm always thinking about what other movies I'd like to do for this. And I have a Steve Buscemi movie I've been planning to do for next year. Is it Fish? What is that called? Big Fish. Big Fish? Yeah. yeah. That's I saw that on his IMDb and I was like, I love uh, Steve Buscemi and everything I ever see him in. So yeah. maybe I will watch that movie. Okay. That's I, the one with... Uh, you uh, and McGregor. Yeah. yeah. That was on my list for this year too. And I took it off for uh, oh. fast and furious. It's, I haven't seen it. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters, but I remember really loving it. Yeah. I think it's a good movie. I, I had a killer lineup for this year. I, I would have swept again. I don't know. It was Your a guys' little... scores are all pretty low this year. Just so you... Yeah, we're aware. <laughs> That's true. We're aware. That's true. Uh, <laughs> well, like I aware. for sure went your down, lineup, but you guys are kind of down. Your too. lineup was a little Oscar baity, though. It was. Yeah, I pick. That's what I'm saying. Like I know how to win. Yeah, uh, we yeah. just want to pick the movies we want to watch. We yeah. don't. We don't care about winning. I don't know. We, I care about winning. We, <laughs> we definitely should get back to Black Clans. Yeah, right I really want yeah. to. Yeah. But what what I was derailing on, I actually did want to say Creed three. Uh, you've seen Rocky movies though, right? Uh, yeah, I've and seen of most of them. Um, in Creed 3, uh, Michael B. Jordan directs and he does a great job. But one of the decisions that he made that I actually really loved in Creed 3 was in the in the main fight of the movie, the, the climax of the movie. Uh, he makes a decision to shoot it where 
like all of the people, all the audience disappears. Oh, it's just black around them. It's just black around them in the ring. And there's no sound, no nothing. And it's just them. And I thought that was a brilliant decision. I think it was something that every Rocky movie and the Creed movies so far were kind of missing. Yeah, it was. Because that's what it's like. Yeah, when you're in there. Well, like you it's lose just everything else, you lose yeah. everything else. It's hard to get creative when it's like the ninth movie in a franchise. Sure, but he was able to. And I remember hearing that he actually like kind of took inspiration from a lot of anime. Oh, for that decision. I he, mean, I get that. I yeah. can see that. He like was in an anime or not an anime. I guess it was American, but like it's MBJ? on a- Yeah, it's on HBO now. It's called like Genlock or something. I saw it was like Michael B. Jordan in. Uh, so I think he's into that kind of thing. Interesting. Uh, Scott, we uh, heard what you thought about Topher, uh, but I'm super curious what you guys thought about Topher in this. I think, like, again, I think he nailed what they were going for. And I think it, it was, like, perfect casting, honestly. I thought that he was somebody to laugh at. And, like, I thought he, I thought he did a good, good job for what they were going for. And it was entertaining. I, I really liked him in this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I just don't know who I would recast as David Duke. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of think that Topher did a good job in that he just served something that was probably close, like pretty darn close to the real life person. And I, I thought that that was a, like, I thought it was a good choice. And I think he was probably a good choice because he is a little bit milk toast that it's like, you're not going to ever like you're never going to be excited when you see Topher Grace come on the screen. You oh, know what I mean? Like, oh, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Topher fanboy. I love, I love Topher Grace. Um, and like, I don't disagree with you, Scott, that he is always kind of similar, but I also wonder if maybe like those are just the parts that get thrown his way, you know, like, I don't know if he's getting offered, uh, the, the same parts that Adam driver is, you know, not quite a character actor. Yeah, well, maybe he would be more of a character actor, right? He could be. Is that what you're saying? He could be a character Wouldn't actor? Char- aren't character actors typically like a little, they're, they get less screen time, right? Or are you saying like where you, where an actor will really like disappear Become a, a character. I, I, I see thought, what you mean. I yes, thought a character actor. really that way. Is that, maybe I've misunderstood what a character, but I thought a character actor was like, you know, they, they, they play a bunch of very different characters. They're very, somebody like Steven Root. Yeah. Who I feel like is, you're saying it right. Yeah. Okay. So he he like not, not huge parts, but he has like very, a lot of range in these small parts and he just kind of does, like he just kind of like goes with it and like make, or they, they would just kind of go with it and make it there. I I see what you guys mean. Well, I don't think Jonathan, Jonathan Reese Davies, I think is, uh, what, what, who is that? I know that name. He's Gimli. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Sala. And like, that's a character actor where it's like, we're not hiring you to be you. We're hiring you to become someone else. And we're only ever going to hire you to become someone else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so Topher probably isn't really that. But I feel like Topher is um, similar to, I don't want to, like, he, he's, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that he's similar to Ryan Gosling, but similar in that, like, Ryan Gosling will get cast for a certain type of role. Ryan Gosling's not necessarily going like Ken. to. Like, just literally me, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where you always kind of get a similar flavor, but he's able to kind of do something really interesting with it. I don't know if you guys watch Black Mirror or not, but Topher was in an episode of the previous season where he played like the equivalent of like an Apple CEO. 
And I like he was really good and he still kind of has that Topher flavor, but like I thought he did really well. So I feel like when he can get a good part, I think he can do really well with it. I just don't feel like he gets too many of those. Um, but I, I thought he was great in this movie. And I think Tyler and Jake um, are correct in saying that like he probably played the David Duke that this that Spike wanted him to play. And I think that if you had gotten maybe more of like a prestige actor that brought a bigger presence it would kind of get to the point where like the David Duke scenes would almost overpower the rest of the movie. And like it, this doesn't happen with that. Like this feels like a very grounded David Duke. And like, I mean, I've, I don't know anything about David Duke other than that. He was the grand wizard or whatever. I, I don't know what his mannerisms were like. I don't really know how like, um, realistic of a portrayal this was, but it didn't feel like a, like a Calvin candy type, presence you know totally totally. Uh, yeah i feel like the movie would have suffered from that yeah i mean i think he was able to accomplish what they wanted to because i think they wanted to keep him low-key but for me i think one i don't think i like the flavor of topher like i just i want him to be someone else he's an acquired taste (laughs) and uh (laughs) two like it feels like it's like a teenager pretending to be David Duke. Right, 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 right. Like it doesn't feel like David Duke. It feels like someone else trying to be David Duke. Okay. Uh, you know and what? that's how it feels in everything he acts into me. Like, Interesting. It feels like a different person trying to be that person. Huh. That's funny. That Like none of it feels direct to me. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I Like Zach, like I have the first video I've seen of the real David Duke was at the end of this movie. Same. Uh, so like I knew who David Duke was. And when he came on screen as Topher Grace, I bought it. Yeah. You know, but I don't know if that would have been true if I had seen David Duke and be like, really? That's who they cast as David Duke? I don't know. So Topher, uh, he read David Duke's, uh, I think it was an autobiography or biography. I'm not sure which. Um, And then met him and talked with him uh, in order to like prepare for the role. And uh, Topher said that the scariest thing about him was how, charming he was and that was i i was almost hesitant to say it but like i almost feel like his portrayal makes him a little likable yeah to the point where it's like i could kind of see like why people would want to not ideologically but like his his character and like the presence and but people who do hold that ideology would be easy to yeah yeah, i mean there's there's plenty of charismatic villains Mm -hmm. in the world and i would say that to get to that state you have to be very charismatic yeah i think so so. like like you can be a like you can have a likable personality and still be a terrible person. Right. Like, like I, I think it's fine to say like, Oh, he's like an affable guy. Like he's easy to get along with. Cause he's gotta be yeah. cause he's, 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 he's trying to put himself in this position of power. So people have to like him. And yeah. And to your point, Jake, about like the insidiousness of the clan, the danger of it, uh, that was, I mean, they, they kind of show it in this film, but that was David Duke's sort of like, um, his, his, uh, mark on, that group was that like, we don't refer to ourselves as the clan anymore. We don't, you know, publicly do some of these things. They're trying to like rebrand as like a, not a hate group and not a violent group, Yeah, which is like the perfect way to continue to do hate and violence. Exactly. That's the most dangerous part of it. And, uh, and, and I think that like, I think that they kind of, I, I think that this movie shines a, a good light on that, that it's like, Hey, Racism can be dressed up to look like other things, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's still 
evil. It's still mm-hmm. ugly. Uh-huh. And yeah. I, I think that if they had um, written all these clan members to be so overtly like vicious and racist to the level of like the Felix character, um, one, it sounds like that wouldn't have been realistic to the true David Duke, but I think it just would have been like exhausting. I don't think like, I, and I don't think that's what I'm saying they should have done. I just, I think that like, and I don't know, like, like the, the thing is like, you cannot be so over like overtly like that. And you can still be somebody that you recognize as like threatening. Um, I feel like I, I felt that way a bit. Uh, I will say I've totally forgot about this. Scott just clicked on like the full cast list. Uh, such a strong start to the movie with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. that was intense. I, I I literally I was like, that's not Alec Baldwin, is it? Right. That was intense. Who who is that? Like he was playing a real person, I think, but I don't know who, like what that was from or what was the referencing. I really don't know. I mean, the, you can see at the top, the character name, it's like some sort of, uh, doctor, Dr. Kennebrew Beauregard. I don't, I don't know anything about him. Beauregard. Um, my guess is that he was in you like a big part of eugenics. That would be my guess based on what he was kind of saying in the beginning of the movie. And eugenics was around this time, like a really like uh, like an insidious uh, whitewashing of, of real like evil racism. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but that's that's what I would guess. Um, uh, shifting gears a little bit. I couldn't figure out the chief of police. I, that, know, like, right? I couldn't figure out if he was racist. Yeah. If he, like what was going on with him? Because he seemed to want to hinder them. But he also hired him. I I think that character, I'm guessing, I really don't know, but how I read it, um, and I agree with you, I know what you mean. I, I felt the same thing. Um, but how I read it is like it's Spike's way of saying, like, there are people, there are white people who like call themselves allies and on the outside will like do things that are like helpful to end racism. But they're not personally invested in ending racism. But he seemed invested in... In, like, the case. He seemed invested in hindering the case. Yeah, like, I, I really didn't understand the decision t- where he had um, the real Ron Stallworth go be David Duke's bodyguard. Yeah, like, that, potentially jeopardize the case. That was super jeopard Like, that was super dangerous to the case. And then at the end, they do all that work. And he's like, stop doing this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And destroy all record of it. Yeah. Like, so like that's, that's, that's like, yeah, more than not being personally invested in stopping it. That seems to be invested in perpetrating it or like, but then by the same token, he was more than happy to, uh, support the ousting of one of his own men who was, was, that uh, was why I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Cause at the end he seemed so stoked to arrest him. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, let's stop doing it. It didn't make any sense to me, but I mean, I guess it was just probably what, I don't know how accurate this movie is, but I assume it's probably what really happened. Well, it's, I mean, it's accurate adjacent. It, they take a lot of liberties. Like there is no like white voice, like, uh-huh. like Ron Stallworth didn't have like a white sounding voice or, or like, you know, like that, that was embellished for uh-huh. the movie. Um, but it's honestly even crazier that just like as a, like as a, just a, a normal black man with his voice that like David Duke was just totally fooled by it. Yeah. It's interesting too, Jake, like you, you bring up um, how accurate this movie was. I wish I had more time to 
dive into this and explore this a little bit. But I did like a, a very, very brief bit of research on this movie. And one thing that I came across was that um, there were some, when this movie came out, there were some like members of the black community that were a little upset at this movie and actually felt like it was um, a little like inaccurate um, and over glorifying of Ron Stallworth and actually felt like that he uh, at the time was more hindering to the black power community or black power movement at the time. And that this movie kind of glossed over the ways that he kind of like jeopardized that movement and then was a little more overblown with what he did with infiltrating the KKK. And I'm kind of taking specifically, there's a director boots Riley who made the movie. I'm um, sorry to bother you. That kind of published an open criticism of killer the movie. movie. And I, read that and I, I didn't have a chance to kind of explore any more about that. Um, so I, I don't really know how true that is or not, but if that is the case, that is a little bit of a bummer for me on this movie. I think that would almost kind of keep me from like fully embracing this movie and rating it really high because I do, I felt like it was a really excellent movie. Um, so I, I don't know how true that is. Yeah. I mean, I, they, I think that they even show in the movie, like one of his primary points of conflict is his conflict with Patrice, mm -hmm. who is constantly saying like, you are not like supporting this. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're the enemy. Like that's what she calls him mm -hmm. at the end of the movie. Like she's like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can sleep with the enemy. And uh, that's a, that's a, crazy like thought but I, I think that that is fairly true like I do think that he had a lot of like real criticism mm -hmm. around him um, but I also think that like that's the I think that's the beauty of a true story a true a truly re uh, true story and I th I think Spike you know of course he took liberties but I think he captured it really well is that no hero is infallible you know, like that's only in fiction. In real life, all of us, even when we're the hero of a moment, there are things that we are actively uh, maybe like not perfect at or doing not wrong. perfect at or even sometimes maybe acting in like against our, our own interests at mm -hmm. times like, the, you know, like heroes are. Are, are not perfect, you know, and, and I almost like uh, I would liken it to like Schindler's List a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, Schindler did a lot of great things. He also did a lot of awful things, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, we might focus on like, we're making the movie about the great things that he did, but yeah, there were a lot of things that were not in the interest of liberating people. Yeah. And to, to try to focus on those other aspects would just further convolute the film. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's just not what you that's not how you tell a story. Yeah. You know, like you just have to leave some things out and you have to kind of gloss over some things because it's just not, it's not really relevant to the story you're trying to tell. Um, I have a question. So after their like clan meeting at the end and they're like having like dinner or whatever that like meet and greet thing is. Oh yeah. Um, and he asked for the picture and they <laughs> yeah. do the picture and then like the picture happens and then they start flipping out. I don't know. Did I miss something? What did he do that just made he him? touched them? Oh, okay. Just because he like put his arm around them. Yeah. And, and made it look like, Hey, like we're buddies. And oh, okay. they were like, what also, the, you know, like, I think that they were so racist that they wouldn't want a black person to have touched them. Like yeah. when, when he was handing the camera to Adam driver, he said, don't yeah. touch me. Don't yeah. touch me. When yeah. he was yeah. like he, in character, obviously. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, but 
he was like, don't, don't touch me. And then, so like, I think that it was all part of it. I think so too. I think you're right. Got it. Um, yeah, I think out of all the like villains and like everything in this movie, the scariest one for me, and we haven't really talked about him a ton. I don't think is Felix. Yeah. yeah. Like he was way worse than like the head of their thing who seemed sure. like he was, he did kind of want it to be a nonviolent thing. Um, well, that was like, I, Oh, the, the chapter president, the chapter president. Yeah. And like even David Duke, because of how they like, pr- like put him out there, like didn't seem that scary of a bad guy. Right. But Felix was like, the bad guy of this movie. He oh, was yeah. like, yeah, just like a dog that was kept on a leash. And then you were constantly worried about him getting off. He reminded me of <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the movie we just did, 310 to Yuma. Like the, oh, Ben Foster. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. reminded me of Ben Foster. Oh, that's a great connection. Yeah. Like is. he's like this like number two guy who's like so loyal to this thing that he's going to do whatever. I think he was uh, actively trying to subvert their chapter president, though. Yeah, I think I think so, and I think that like. But I don't think he's loyal to the president. I think he's loyal to the cause. To the the cause, yeah. Yeah. And I think that like that was an interesting way to kind of portray how we have the chapter president, and then we have David Duke, and they're so drawn to the idea of who Ron Stallworth is because he's not so hot headed as Felix mm-hmm. where like, like Tyler, you were saying David Duke, he wanted to kind of get away almost was like a little more strategic, wanted to get away with calling themselves the clans, not being so overt in maybe the way that they do their yeah. operations and whatnot. And like, Felix the was a little too hot headed. Yeah. Yeah. Felix wanted to lynch people in the street. Yeah. And maybe like Duke and, and the chapter president were a little bit more. Yeah. Wanting to be strategic about how to accomplish their and then ideology. One one person we haven't talked about too is Felix's wife. When they're having oh, that I conversation, hated her man. When they're having that conversation in the bed, yeah, and she's like smiling oh. and like having a good time as they're talking about we're finally getting to like kill these yeah. people. Uh, yeah, that was like one of the darkest moments yeah. in the whole yeah. thing for me. I was like, oh, yeah. I like, hated her. I hated Felix, but I think to me Felix did feel, I don't know, like more dangerous on a small scale. Yeah. But like, like he, Felix is going to do one thing and then he's out. Right. Like David Duke, David Duke ran for Congress. It's a slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. So like David Duke in Congress long-term is worse than, than Felix, you know, doing one act of violence and then getting arrested. Right. Which is why I, I, yeah. Which is why I think that like, uh, the chapter president didn't want Felix to, to run as the chapter president and that he would rather no, nominate yeah. Ron Stallworth. Sure. No, that's, that's why I was just kind of yeah. saying like, that's why Felix to me like felt more and less scary, mm. like more scary immediately. Yeah. But he only had so much, like he, he had a ceiling. Right. Of what he was going to do. Of what he yeah. could get away with. Well, and yeah. I think the David Dukes want Felix's in the clan. Like he wants those people there to cause that stuff, but he doesn't want yeah. He can't be the one that's making authority decisions. Or yeah. Anything. yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, I, when you said like, uh, we have to talk about Felix, um, I immediately thought like, and you were like, oh yeah, you know, he was the, the scariest one for you. I think the wife was the scariest one for me because mm. she seemed like an, until, until she started saying terrible things, she just seemed like a sweet lady. Yeah. And then she wasn't. And that, that frightens me a little bit that mm-hmm. like someone can really pass as like a normal human being and then be capable of trying to blow people up. Like even though she was bumbling at it and she was a total idiot, like 
the fact that she was just a normal ass housewife, you know, that like ended up being capable of, of wanting to do something like this and carrying something like that out. Be being a terrorist, being a terrorist terrifies, terrifies me. I think that's like a, a really scary side to the evil of ideologies like mm-hmm. this racism. And, and I want to be clear, like, I think that like racism exists in a lot of different ways. I think we all feel that way. Like this is one way that we see racism in our world in America, but like this happens all over the world in very different ways. But ultimately Jake, what you just said is so true. What it really comes down to is terrorism. And uh, that, that man, that freaks me out. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm way more nervous for people like that existing than I am people who buy, um, tiki torches <laughs> like like those people scare me i think that's awful and wrong uh-huh. but it doesn't scare me nearly as much as thinking that there could be someone you know like more or less in my life that like you would never these, suspect that, that i would never suspect then is going to plant a bomb yeah that that's awful yeah yeah it's but sweet. you gotta love the irony of she couldn't figure out how to do it in the mailbox so she's like on her own like i guess i'll just put it in her car then the husband drives up with the switch uh, it was and so sees great. them on the porch. And he's yeah. like, Oh, well it's here we go. It's in the mailbox. In the so mailbox. I got him." In and then he kills himself. To the most frustrating moment of the movie for me, when Ron is trying to stop her and then gets apprehended. By oh the yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah. That was a, honestly like that, that climax moment. I am so stressed out. Every I, time. Me too. Me too. Every time. Yeah. Like the, he, they deliver in that scene so well. Like when we were, uh, when I, you know, obviously nominated this and I was going to watch it and I was thinking about like, okay, like what are people going to think? What are you guys going to think? I was nervous in my head. Remember it kind of trying to remember the movie. I was nervous that the second act was too slow. Mm. Like the first act I think is phenomenal. Yeah. The third act phenomenal. But I was nervous that the middle was going to be a little slow, and it wasn't. I don't no. know why I remembered it that I way. I say I liked, I liked it just as much. I liked being right in the heart, in the thick of it, of the story, like that. I I, th- I thought it was still very compelling, and I wasn't bored. Yeah. Before we move on from Felix, I did have a thought where, um, like, I remember thinking to myself, this is maybe the only movie that I can think of where there's been two different characters that I feel like the part could have been played by Steve Buscemi. I was going to bring up Steve Buscemi. <laughs> not, not, Felix being what, like yeah. a young Steve, but then the other cop. That was exactly like, what I was going to yeah. say. There's old Steve Buscemi. But right when there. I, uh, I wasn't like, I kind of like didn't see him and I was like, is this Steve Buscemi? Yeah. And then, and then they cut back to, him, I was like, Oh, that's not, but I wish that was Steve Buscemi. Like that part had to have been written for Steve Buscemi. Yeah. And he's just was busy or something. Yeah, no, I, I think I could see young Steve Buscemi as Felix. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think of that, but I was going to get to that is I wish that Steve Buscemi would have been the older cop. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Is that you're talking about the cop who like Adam Driver's partner? Yeah. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. Wish that would have been. It's his brother, right? Is it his brother? Yeah. Oh, that's oh. Adam Driver's brother. No, it's Steve Buscemi's brother. Oh, that, wait, oh what? Really? Yeah, it's, yeah. My, it's Michael Buscemi. It's Steve Buscemi's brother. Oh, well, crazy. Duh, like, no wonder we thought that. Yeah. Yeah. That's but crazy. I was confused when you guys were saying that. I'm like, yeah, I, I know what you mean, but like. I, I had he no looks idea. Just like it because it's. Yeah. His, it's I, his, I thought you know he looks similar. Now that you say they're brothers, I can see it. Yeah. But I just didn't think. Oh, that must be Steve Buscemi's brother. <laughs> you know. But I, I was I because you know Steve Buscemi has been on my mind. I want some year of Steve next year. Right. But uh, yeah, crazy. I didn't realize Steve had a a brother who was a working actor. I so, I've never seen him Michael. in anything yeah. before. 
I, I, I really hadn't before Weird. this movie, but I don't know what else he's done. Just other like roles that were written for Steve. Whatever Steve has. has yeah. 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 Oh yeah. He's in, he's in uh, Adam Sandler movies. So yeah, he just, gets- yeah. <laughs> wow. Whatever Steve is busy. Yeah. Adam's like, Oh, was Michael free? He's like, of course he's free. Adam. <laughs> Steve was like, I'm busy fil- filming Reservoir Dogs. Do you want my brother's number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does he look like you? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sure. People are going to think, man, I wish that was Steve. <laughs> Maybe that's why he does it. Because people want him in movies more. Yeah. They see his brother and like, man, I just... Oh, man. It didn't scratch the itch. Yeah, I still want Steve, though. You know? Um, to get back on a more serious note, um, and, and to kind of refer back to the scene where where Ron gets stopped by the police before the um, the wife blows up the porch or the car or whatever. This movie, I felt like, did a good job of giving me a glimpse of something that I'll, I'll truly never understand. But uh, I, I guess, how do I word this? How incredibly frustrating and hard it would be for someone like... Um, Ron Stallworth in the position he is to hold his tongue. Oh yeah. He is being, when he's facing oppression from all sides and even from who these cops who are supposed to be his allies. Right. And the police chief kind of just keeps putting the ball back in his court. Like, sorry, that's just going to happen. But you got to be the Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Like you have to keep your cool. Just like how freaking hard that'd be. I loved that scene, Scott, that you just referenced Mm -hmm. when he was like, uh, the, uh, I don't know who he was, like just some like, you know, off like a bureaucrat or something uh-huh. like someone in the mayor's office. Yeah. Uh, but when he asked Ron, he was like, what would you do if one of your fellow officers calls you the N word? And he's like, will that happen? He goes, she, <laughs> <laughs> I, I cracked up laughing. I, I, I really like, yeah, he's like, Oh, did we get the right guy? Yeah. Like, he's questioning if it'll happen. <laughs> Like, of course it's going to happen, idiot. Um, yeah, I one uh, one thing that I really loved, but I was nervous that was going to get called out as a problem was the blues guitar. Oh, yeah. So I, I remember thinking to myself, like, I really love this score, and I think it's great for this movie, but I feel conflicted because it's essentially the same score as Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Weapon. Yep. So why does it work here and not in my <laughs> One, I think it was more subtle and not in your face. And I don't I, know. I, I, <laughs> it was pretty yeah. in your face. I don't know. I, this one best score. Like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think the same. I didn't. Like when you say that, like compare it to Lethal Weapon, yeah. I didn't think about it like I thought about it in Lethal Weapon, and I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. I'm Wasn't glad it? you had the same thought though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me, I might be wrong in this. In this movie, didn't that mostly play when we were with the clan? No, no. it was it was throughout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you're saying it, like, I yeah, but I don't, I can't tell you why why I I hated one and didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. What, what did you think, Tyler? Oh, I, I really love this score. It for some reason just felt appropriate. Yeah, and it, you know what? They it had worked. Some other just like good songs, like like you know that scene where they're dancing. Like what what song are they playing? Oh yeah, it's, could it be uh, a Fallen in Love? Yeah, I really I love that song. I love that scene. Oh. It was just a nice scene. Like they, they had a lot of that too that I I enjoyed. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that scene. And man. I really loved it. It yeah. might have been one of my favorite sequences. Like, I kind of want to like sing that song through the rest of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just it just really sticks with you. And like sometimes things like that, like a dance sequence, it's like 
why is that important to like cram into this? Like it's not a musical. Yeah, it didn't, know? but it didn't feel out of place at it all. Didn't. It was, it was like, oh, this, I've had a horrible day. And he's like, let's go dance. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like it was just a nice scene. Yeah. I liked it. Um, that kind of reminded me of something else I wanted to ask you guys. How did you guys feel about the last scene? Not the, not the real footage, but right before that, when it's Ron and what's the, what's the female Patrice Patrice and they're in the house, that whole scene, Tyler, oh. you had mentioned oh, I, the, the surrealist aspect of spikes directing. I didn't yeah. like it. Oh, oh you, really? How come I did? I don't like that. Like the, the choice to make them like, I don't know, on like a people Glide. mover. Yeah. Yeah. Down the hallway. It just felt so in a story in like in a, a movie and everything that felt so grounded mm. to then jump to that was jarring. Oh man. Yeah. I, th- that's like a spike staple though. Yeah. He does it. And I think almost all of his movies. Yeah. Are uh, in, in general, I'm not a fan of shots like that. Oh, I loved it. I loved it too. Yeah. I loved it. I understand your point. Like I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I loved it as well. And every time I see that in a spike, it's just for some reason, like more often than not, it really elevates the scene for me. Oh yeah. Um, and he uses that to a really effective, uh, or he uses it very effectively in Inside Man, I mm-hmm. think, a much less serious movie than this is. But I thought it was interesting in this movie, um, Terrence Blanchard, who did the the score, he repeats a motif from the Inside Man score. Oh, I didn't catch point. that. Yeah. And so I thought that was a really interesting connection. I don't know if he does that in other Spike Lee movies as well, if that's another, if that's a Terrence staple. Um, but I, I just thought that was a really cool connection. Um, and I, I, that's a, that's a cinema, cinematographic, I guess maybe that's how I would use that mm-hmm. term. Cinematographic choice. The spike does that. I I'm always super into. Mm-hmm. He only got really, there were only, you know, in the cinema, there were only, um, or the photography, the cinematography, whatever. There were only a couple of really like surrealist shots in this one, which is a little, maybe a little unusual for spike. Like spike sometimes can lean a lot more heavily into that. Um, but that one and the speech, the, um, black oh, student union. I also didn't like that. Uh, Kwame Ture, his, his oh, whole speech. When they just they, like kept splicing in yeah. people's, I didn't mm-hmm. like that either. Why? How come? I, it was just distracting to me. Okay. I did. It was like, it just, I don't know. And then I felt like it was too long, too much of it. Mm. If it would have been less of it, I might've liked it better, mm. but I was like, we're more people. Are you kidding me? Mm. Like it, I didn't like that part either. I, w- I was going to bring it up, but it felt like too small of a nit to pick. Yeah. But while we're on the subject, yeah. did not like it. I would say I, w- I wasn't like heavily pro or against either of them. Uh, I think the, the one during the speech is easier to digest as someone who's like not super into like it, super unique crafty shots. And it right. didn't, it didn't necessarily feel surrealist to me. It just felt like an, like a choice I wouldn't have made. I think the yeah. the one where they're just floating down the hall. Yeah. Um, it's hard for like I I appreciate this like stylistic like choices and those types of things and like I don't like dislike the shot in and of itself. I think for me it gets difficult when I'm thinking about the shot instead of about the movie and that's what like pulls me out of it. Yeah, and that's I think that's totally fair. I mean there are, it I mean it really is like it's just too. It's sort of like saying I like. Um, impressionist art versus photorealistic art. Like it's like okay, like whichever you like. Like that's mm-hmm. that's great. Um, I think that he, I think that Spike leans more surrealist in general, and and so I'm never like 
like I just know what I'm looking for from him kind of a thing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I, I know who the artist is and I know what he's, some of the things that he's going to do. And so when it happens, I'm evaluating on like how excellently he exe- executed. Yeah, compared on, to his other work. To, compared to his stuff. other work, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that if if it would have, if the rest of the movie or if, if it would have been more similar things in the rest of the movie, right. It would have been less jarring. Like I don't feel like it necessarily fit in with everything else. Yeah. And so like if, if that shot, that end shot happens in a movie that doesn't feel as grounded and mm-hmm. maybe feels a little bit more surreal, maybe it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But because of what, because of the context of like, maybe that shot on its own is good. But in context of the movie, I don't like it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, totally fair. Well, uh, I don't think I have anything else that I really wanted to talk about. I actually had another um, thought about this movie that I was curious if you guys had any opinions on or thoughts on. Um, I thought it was an interesting concept to bring up. It's obviously one that I, I can't really relate to. I don't have any personal opinions or thoughts on um, because I'm not a Jewish American, but I thought it was interesting uh, the way that they have Adam Driver's character kind of be forced to reckon with his, his heritage Mm -hmm. in the way that it's kind of seen by America in a way where he had never had to before, before this case. And it obviously wasn't super explored in this movie and I don't think it needed to be, but I I thought that was an interesting, um, an interesting concept that was kind of brought up. And I, the the moment where like Adam Driver really kind of brings that up and talks about it, I thought it was kind of a powerful moment. Yeah, I really liked it too. That that moment and it ends with him like, I want this the yeah. card. Uh I, I thought that was really, really powerful as well. Um and I think that that's a I think that that is an experience that people have uh with any kind of like um you know uh what what I would describe as like evil ideology is there's always going to be people who don't realize how much it actually affects them, you know, yeah. and until they're confronted with it at some point. And then they have to realize like, Oh my gosh, this has been affecting me, I guess for a long time. And I never really, never really thought about it. Like I love the scene between um, Ron and flip uh, before that one, when they're in the records room. And he's like kind of calling him out on it. He's like, dude, does this not bother you? And he's like, yeah, of course it's stupid. And he's like, this, this, this isn't like some, this isn't my crusade. This is our crusade. Like Uh this affects you just as much as it affects me. Mm -hmm. I think that was, that was a, I liked that choice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much more to say about it. I'd also be remiss not to bring up the fact that Topher Grace to, um, to what's the word I'm looking for? De-stress, I guess from having to play David Duke in his free time during making this movie, re-edited the Star Wars prequels into <laughs> like a, was it an 85-minute film? Yeah, which All is... All three together into an 85-minute film? Yeah. It's insane to me. This is, I've been thinking about it, and it's like I can't imagine loving Star Wars enough to want to like re-edit the movies, but hating it enough to cut three movies down to 85 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That is an interesting... Yeah. It's like wow! I released the Topher cut. Can you go see it anywhere? I think you can probably. Watch, I think you can watch it on YouTube. Oh, can you really? I heard. I remember hearing about this when the movie came out. I remember hearing about that, uh-huh. and then I want to say you, maybe it got taken down. 
I, he did this, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere at some point that he did the same thing with the Hobbit movies, and I'm more interested to see that. Because it was one book? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he edited that down to one film. Which which was a, a, a joy for the rest of the world, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> uh, That's crazy, though. I didn't, know, I didn't know that he did that. I'm pretty sure, I know that he did re-edit Star Wars, and I'm pretty sure I heard at some point that it was during this, and it was kind of his way to decompress. Wow. I, I will say I, I give a lot of credit. Um, there's a, there was a funny comedy bit that went around the internet a little while ago. Comedian was talking about like, Oh, Tom Cruise does his own stunts. I'm not that impressed. Uh, Leo DiCaprio does his own stunts. And have you seen Django? Like, you know, like he put (laughs) 10 toes in the ground and said the N word to Samuel Jackson's (laughs) face. Like, uh, I, that was, it's a funny comedy bit, but it is like a real thing, like Tarantino movies. And then certainly this, like people like Topher um, and, you know, the guy who played Felix, like being willing to take on that kind of a role. I, I, I give them a lot of credit, like, and I give a lot of grace for when things maybe aren't perfect because it's like, uh, you're, you're taking one for the team, honestly, <laughs> like, like no one wants to play that role. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the that what's that guy from Inglorious Bastards, uh, the German, who was like, "I'm not going to put on a Nazi uniform unless you let me kill a Nazi every time I put it Stiglitz, on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it was like, yeah, like I understand not wanting to do it and yeah. not wanting to have like, you know, pictures of me out there or videos of me out because like there's there's those those memes and even though he's acting, obviously there's those memes where people are like, "Can't believe Adam Driver said this," and it's like that scene where he's taking the lie detector test. Oh yeah, and it's like yeah, I. I would understand not wanting to have me on video saying that. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to play that role. I mean, pretty soon though, we can have anyone say anything. That's oh, true. we already can. We yeah. can now. I've so. been watching. Like, a, it doesn't really matter. Anymore. I've been watching on TikTok uh, a series where, where Trump and Biden and Obama are playing Dungeons and Dragons DM'd uh, by Ben Shapiro. That uh, sounds pretty dope. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I've seen I, one where it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's Biden, Trump, uh, Bush, Clinton, uh, and they're playing Call of Duty, and they're just talking about life with each other. <laughs> yeah, like they're pretty funny videos. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but no, I I I think that that's uh I think it's important to show those characters though. Like I think yeah, I no. think it's important work, and because uh, it, it's it's something that like will be forgotten or denied, right? You know. Just like in this movie, like yeah. Felix was like, the Holocaust never happened. Like that, footage, that footage was a lie yeah. or whatever. So like, I don't know, you gotta, you gotta keep the bad things in your memory too, to recognize when they're coming about again, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I don't know. So that history doesn't repeat, repeat itself. itself. Yeah. So you can like be like, yeah, this feels similar to something that's already happened. That was awful. Mm. You know, like you gotta remember it. Yeah. So I think you gotta show it. That's yeah. Well said. I think we can end on that stuff statement jake you're you're you have had two mic drops in this uh recording so far one was a joke yeah, i would actually drop the mic but i don't want to why did you mean to push that button <laughs> i was reaching over here and i hit it and i was like well that happened so okay well that's sick that was it was a really good Every, moment everything that, we- that he was just saying you killed it <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, let's put this one in the books then, I guess. All right. Hold on.
<laughs> I started laughing too hard. I think Scott might be dying. Yeah. Scott hurt himself. Scott's getting up out of the chair. We can't end the recording without Scott. He's getting out of the chair. <laughs> Scott's just leaving now. He's got an ab cramp. Scott, Scott has left the building. <laughs> I forgot I had those. If, if, if you Apps want. Yeah. or the footloose pack. Both, both. Scott, you're so far away from your mic. Stop talking. <laughs> no, it's, uh, the tots can realize now that I had to actually get up. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, Scott. Scott is in a leg cramp now. Dying. Right, we need to end this and get Scott a banana. <laughs> wow. Jake, what do you what do you rate this? Oh yeah, we gotta rate it. Yeah, yeah. we've got to put the right, you know, Tyler has to go first. Yeah, Tyler, what it do you was rate so this? I was so distracted that I thought Scott was playing me out. <laughs> Scott's just dropping stuff. What are you doing? <laughs> Scott's like what am I dropping? Three different metal things have fallen <laughs> off of you or from around you. <laughs> It's real rough right now. I don't know what they were. <laughs> Tyler, do you want to? Wow. Yeah. yeah okay. Tyler, you're first. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, 9.2 racist cops. Um, I'll go next. I'm going to give this 8.4 uh, explosions that I caused myself. Sick. <laughs> Jake. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8. Point six, uh, uh, Steve Buscemi's brothers. <laughs> Gosh dang, you, Zach. Stole my, you stole my metric. I was gonna say I'll give this eight point nine knockoff Steve Buscemi's. All right, this comes out to an eighty-seven percent. So close, which yeah. is really high. It's uh, movie number seventeen. Nice. So once thirty-seven. Once again, uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave this a ninety-six percent, and IMDb gave it a seven point five, eighty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, pretty yeah, good in the top twenty. Uh, first, uh, first time with a Spike Lee joint. Way to go, Spike! Not to be confused with the Haggis. Yeah, uh, the, or, the channel or uh, <laughs> or or Spike Jones. I don't know who that is. It's another director. Oh, okay. He's white, though. I don't ah. know if there's ever before now Spike and Paul Haggis have ever been confused. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I just I'm, did it. I'm pretty sure never before. Uh, Spike Jones uh, directed her. I don't know that movie. I don't want to watch it. So Scott's probably going to pick where it. Joaquin, that. Where Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with an AI. Oh, wow. It sounds like something Jake would like. Yeah. <laughs> that felt like a burn. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's really blown up the end of this episode. <laughs> He's also still what the hell? <laughs> that one wasn't me. That one was Tyler. That one was me. He's also Scott's still just like standing. <laughs> I'm standing holding my us. mic now, yeah. All right, let's get out of here. This is crazy. Uh where are we going next week? Uh, I think we're going to my movie, Almost Famous. Awesome. Scott, do you have anything else to say before? No, I'm just going to press the button. <laughs> Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.